You're listening to Grassroots, www.innovationstudios.com. I'm Marcus, and it is nearly Christmas. Well, I haven't seen you in quite a while, um, and uh, I'll be getting to that in a minute. But as we start to wind down for the Christmas rush, Christmas 2022, I've been going through, had a few questions. Bless you, you kept sending them in the hope that I might do a few things again. Um, So let's get to the very first question that uh, probably people ask me the most over the last um, nine, ten months, which is where have you been and why why did the podcasts stop? Um, Basically, if I'm honest, you throw a lot of time at these things and you you hope... um, Look, I'll be honest with you. I'm a good musician. I'm a solid musician, and I've got I've had a great career, and um, I've really enjoyed what I did, and I really enjoy uh, the job that I do and the passion um, that comes with that. But um, the reason that I started to do the the podcast and the Q and A and was partly to kind of showcase myself to a certain extent. I wanted to show other people that. You know, I love this job that I do and it's there to be enjoyed, but to also um, to try and open a few doors and to try and give myself an opportunity to mix and move in in different circles. So although the podcast was there to help people and of, and, and of course it was there, it was also it, by putting myself out there, I hoped that we would get um, a, a bit of sponsorship or I hoped that uh, I would move in circles and meet some other musicians and that happened but didn't happen to the level that um, I hoped that it would now when I say that I wasn't hoping to meet the goose that lays the golden egg and all of a sudden be at Wembley Stadium with Ed Sheeran because of my podcast but I think I just hoped that um, it would open doors and uh, it didn't open as many as I hoped and in the end it was taking up my time every week it's not the podcast itself it's not the recording it it's really to do with the time it takes to go through the emails and to um, make a note of the questions to to work on them um, and that's my time you know I don't have anybody that works with me I'm a one-man band here there's a song there somewhere um, as a matter of fact I saw Leo Sayer in um, would have been October and uh, still great um, so it didn't open as many doors as I hoped, but I, I wanted to take my career in a different direction. And that has happened. Um, although I've made a lot of noise for a lot of years over, you know, Friday nights and Saturday nights and Sundays. Um, I hoped that I would end up doing more studio work, which has happened. And I've been working with, um, some songwriters and, uh, hoping to work with them and, and and bring their albums out at some point. I've been doing more songwriting, which is good, and I've been doing a lot more um, local shows and care home shows and day centre shows and uh, workshops and things like that. So I took my career in a different direction, and um, I just hope, really, as I said, that I hope that I, I kept you company um, over the pandemic because listening back to those a few of those podcasts the other day I was on a very very long journey and um, I suddenly thought to myself you know it's been a while since I heard uh, the sound of my own voice (laughs) but I thought I'd have a listen back anyway because I tried to make them as entertaining as I could and answer some of your questions and 
I suddenly thought to myself, do you know what? It doesn't matter that you didn't, you know, it didn't open doors because people took the time to um, reply and people took the time to um, send you questions and to ask you things. And and also, um, I did get one or two offers of, of uh, although it wasn't sponsorship, it was, um, you know, just a couple of things where they could help to market me and things like that. Um, and I did make some new friendships out of it and also... Um, met some people I hadn't seen in a while. So when I listened back to some of the interviews I did, um, it was really great. Some of the interviews, that, and, and I'm now friends with uh, people like Andy Price and Neville um, from the Pinkies, and they were my heroes when I was a kid, you know. And um, so it opened doors in terms of friendship. And the other week, as a matter of fact, I went to see the Beat Patrol, which is Andy's, um, well, Andy's band, but uh, with Russell and... Um, and Paul, and it was really, really great. I, I, I couldn't stay for the whole show, unfortunately, because I had my son um, at home on his own, and he's only 12, and I didn't want to leave him all, all night. Um, but I really wanted to stay and, and watch the whole show. Great, great band. If you get a chance to see the Beat Patrol, get out there and do it. And I, and I had a bonus because Neville was playing bass that night. Um, unfortunately, the bass player wasn't very well, and Neville is on first reserve, so he was playing bass that night. So where I've been is basically taking my career in a different direction, working more local venues, working a few more holiday parks, and um, working a lot more day centres and care homes and running some workshops for people. And So I've kept myself busy. Um, but listening back to some of those um, recordings that I made, some of the Q&As over the pandemic, listening you know, every week, so I don't know where we are, I don't know where we'll be let out again. So I hope that I kept you company because you kept me company over that time. So the question of where have I been and where is a podcast is I took a long break and um, I thought, you know what, it'd be nice to just do one now and explain and to talk about where I've been, answer a few questions. And if I get a good response, um, then I'll probably go back to doing it in a new year just for the fun of it um, because it's nice to have it out there. And it's nice to to interact with people and network through it. Um, so it's been good. But uh, thank you to everybody that sent me that question. I do appreciate it. Innovation Studios is the perfect place for any aspiring singer-songwriter to take their journey to the next level. Whether that be starting at the basics of building a solid foundation on your first instrument, learning the best ways to perform your first open mic or refining your current set with an experienced performer or recording a polished album at the highest of standards. With soundproof walls and perfect ambience and acoustics, our studio is also a great place for a budding producer to learn their craft, hone their skills and begin producing music. Check out what we have to offer throughout our website. Go to www.innovationstudios.com. So let's get to some new questions. Um, Andrew says, Hi Marcus, have you ever had the experience of a representative from PRS attending one of your shows? And if so, how did you find the experience? Uh, yeah, I have actually. Um, there was something about this. I read something about this the other week um, on social media and it was somebody had said, has, had anybody said that? And, and it's funny that Andrew had uh, mentioned this as well. 
Um, I don't know whether they're busier than ever. I suppose they weren't able to, if there weren't any shows going on, they weren't out there. But yeah, I was playing um, a place in um, St. Albans called the Gary Baldy. Um, Caroline and Dave run it and, it. and I love playing there. I've played there many times. I, I don't know if I'll play there again because, as I said, my career's going in a different direction now and I'm not as readily available as I was to do it. But um, yeah, I, I noticed that there was a guy sat on his own um, and he had a pen and paper and he was writing stuff down. And I just assumed that he was um, a bit, you know, doing some business or writing some things down. And in the break, he came and introduced himself as a representative of PRS. And, and, and what he said he had to do was to make a note of the songs that I was playing. So he said, if I didn't, if he didn't know a particular song that I played, he asked me the title and the artist um, and I suppose these things, these statistics that people give you, they don't happen by accident. People actually probably have to do the market research and go out there and make a note of it. So he made a note of every song that I played, although I tend to do medleys and mix it up and all sorts of things when I'm doing acoustic because I'm reacting to what's going on in the room. Um, but yes, he did. And, uh, I forget his name, um, but he was very polite and very, very um, complimentary about my set. Um, and I'm assuming if there are a few of those, this is how they get the statistics of the most played songs or things like that. I mean, I don't know how it all works in terms of a PRS license because what I was playing was acu were acoustic versions of the songs. They weren't the actual artist. They weren't the actual song. But I'm guessing that there were probably other statistics with the most played covers or the most obvious cover songs and things like that. And believe me, I play most of the obvious ones. Um, anybody for all right now? Um, but uh, on one acoustic's interesting. Um, I haven't ever done that on one acoustic, boys and girls, and I wouldn't. So there you go. Um, but yeah, they, they were just, he was just making a note of all the songs that I played. And then in the second half... He wrote down as many as he could. And at the end, he had a very brief chat with me because I overran. I always overran. Always overran. Finished about 11.45 instead of 11.30. And I suppose he had a train to catch. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they have to make a note of what you play. And, and, and I'm my naivety, I guess, I, I'm not sure exactly of what they, why they do it. But I'm assuming that it's, it must be some sort of statistical thing. Or maybe um, they have to make sure that if the venue has a PRS license, um, that they're adhering to the rules in some way. Um, I, I wish I knew more about it, uh, Andrew, but unfortunately I don't. Um, maybe I should research that. Maybe that should, I should make that something I look into. But um, yeah, that's what that is. Um, and they're friendly enough if you see them. They're not there to analyse your show. They're not there to pull your show apart. They're not there to ask you if you've got any ID or identification or have you got the right to play these songs. That's The venue takes responsibility for that to a certain extent. Um, they'll just ask you what songs you played, um, what they were all called, so they can get as much data as they possibly can from your performance. Um, so that's all it is. So if you ever see one of them, don't worry. <laughs> they're polite and they're great. Um and the more information you give them, I guess, is better for everybody in the long run. Yeah. 
Need help setting up your own home studio? Why not book a consultation online? Here at Innovation Studios, we can help and advise on the best equipment for you, your ideas, your budget, and your space. Maybe even book a home visit. We can help you set up, install, and use your software, offering a recording workshop in your very own studio in your very own home, going through techniques and offering advice and guidance to get you up and running. Go to www.innovationstudios.com for further information. Clive says, hi Marcus, when you're performing on a Saturday night, is it important to have a spare guitar that's exactly the same as your main guitar? Um, yeah, tough one, Clive, because um, not everybody can afford to have two guitars the same. But in an ideal world, what you want to do is you want to have two guitars that sound very similar and have a very similar dynamic. Um, well... The thing is, there are mixed views on this because certain guitars do different things. But let's say you're playing rock and roll all night. You've you've settled on a particular sound that you use and then you want to use a different guitar. If you have a guitar that's exactly the same, then, of course, all you've got to do is plug it in. If you go from using a Gibson to using a, a Fender, then the pickups are different. Um, and then you would have to adjust the settings on your amp in order to compensate to get the same sound. So in the case of an Oasis tribute, which is what I do, I have my sound with my Epiphone Sheraton. And, and my spare guitar actually is, um, it's actually a Gibson 355. Um, and it, it gives me the same sound as the Epiphone. That's the important thing. So uh, they both use humbuckers and they're both a very similar sound. When I used to be in wall to wall many years ago, and everybody's been asking me again, because that's the most asked question, when are wall-to-wall coming back? Um, I don't see it, but there you go. Um, when I was in wall-to-wall and Calicanesis and, and touring the UK with my Gibson Les Paul, I had two the same. I think one was a 96 and one was a 95, and I used my white Les Paul, uh, which is a Les Paul Studio, um, as my spare, and used my Les Paul Studio from 95 as the main guitar. Um and as soon as I break a string or anything like that, or it went out of tune, um, I could just hand it to somebody and pick up, um, well, hand it to a roadie, not just hand it to somebody, but hand it, uh, put it down on the stand, pick up the other one, um, and I'd be ready to go, and I wouldn't have to adjust any of the settings on my amp, and I think that's an important thing. Um, but, I mean, everybody has different opinions on it. That's what I've always said with this show, if you want to call it that. Um and that is that everybody finds their own way. The only thing I can I can give you is my advice on on the methods that I've used over the years and the experience that I've gained, um, mostly by doing the wrong things <laughs> at times. Um, but that's what it is. Um, it's always nice if you're able to have the same guitar or the same dynamic sounding guitar, so that there are very very quick crossovers once you go up a level i mean international artists and stuff like that you go and see um some of these huge bands they have different things that they do they have the guitar tech and he probably just flicks a switch and it sets everything to a different setting and who knows i mean i you know there are some really great uh, things out there on on social media and on youtube where people take you through their their setups their rigs and um it's all um it's all 
you know, it, it, it's kind of all um, knowledge and it's all um, experience. But uh, if you have got a guitar that's the same as your main or similar to your main or in the studio one night, just make a note of what you need to do to get the similar sound if you change guitars. So it's sometimes you have to um, maybe with a bit of Tipex or something, just mark your amp and what, where your settings are and then mark your amp on where they need to be with your um, Fender, something like that, if you're swapping over. In an ideal world, you want two guitars that sound the same, if that's the only sound you're using all night. If you've got a variety of sounds, then it really doesn't matter. But uh, that's all I've got on that, I'm afraid, Clive. But thank you very much for your question, sir. Innovation Studios, hoodies. Many colours and sizes available. Our logo proudly emblazoned on the front. The back can be personalised with your name or your nickname or anything you want as long as it isn't too shocking. Click to order online, www.innovationstudios.com. Eileen says, we'll have a bit of fun with this one. I saw your excellent one-man show in Canvey for our colleagues at Silver Bells when you did an audience with and you talked about your career in music and we had a lot of fun and singing songs with you. And you told a story about how your sock drawer knows better than you. Would you please tell it for everyone's benefit? As I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Thank you, Eileen. Well, um, yeah, basically, it's. I was talking about how um, in this business there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Um, so you'll say things like, yes, I've got a UK tour, but it's a list of dates that you're doing and you're not necessarily touring, you're commuting from home, but people, you, you know, use the word tour. And then you tell you, so you're working on your next project, you know, that's, it's, that's, you know, it's not just a bunch of songs that you're writing and you're just going to make an album out of it. It's a project. Um, or you're writing another show, which basically entails putting a load of songs together and then kind of talking between the songs, but people call it writing another show. Well, you don't write shows if you do this job. And in Dog and Duck on a Saturday night, you don't have a script. If Tom staggers in and falls over a stall and, you know, carry on telling your hilariously, brilliantly written story about, you know, Christ knows what, about how you formed as a band, you react to Tom falling over a stall, right? Which is normally like, oh, and that's the end of that. Somebody pick him up. But, um... It was basically, uh, it, it was kind of just a story about my sock drawer knows better than me how, of how I'm doing. So over the years, you would, uh, as my brother loves to say, give it a big one. <laughs> so you'd be giving it a big one and talking about this tour. And yeah, you know, and sometimes, look, you must come out. We haven't seen each other for ages. We must come out. It must come out of us. We'll go out for a meal and catch up and... And when you go out, when you do this job, or you know, it's an interesting job, so you, you become the person, oh, how are you going with, di- with your gigs and stuff, and how's everything going? And you start, or I start, becoming the character. So you start talking about, oh, yeah, no, it's okay. You know, I'm working on a new album, a new project. Um, and, yeah, I've got a few songwriters I'm working with, and, yeah, I'm okay. I've got the tour towards the end of the year. I've got um, working every day in, 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 in the Christmas run. The Christmas run. It's just a list of dates. But it's the Christmas run. You know, like you're on tour, like you're constantly in and out of the car. Um, and so people say, how oh, are you getting on? You know, I'm doing really well. And, and 
yeah, the next album's going to come out. I've got working on a new album and stuff like that. Oh, great. Let's go out Friday night and you're chatting and having a meal. Yeah, it's brilliant to see you and stuff like that. Oh, you look good. And you think, I'll splash out a bit on a shirt. i get half decent. Dig out my old shirt I used to wear, you know, get the tape out and get rid of all the fluff on it and dog ears and stuff. And, uh, or, or rabbit hairs in my case. I've got a pet rabbit. Don't go there. Um, and you you go out and you're talking people, oh yeah, how you doing and stuff like that. And you go, oh, no, really, really great. I'll come back to ours. Come back for us to coffee. Come come round for coffee afterwards. You go, no, 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 come on. Well, I've got to get on the road early in the morning. I've got a long drive tomorrow. I'm working up north. Up north, I'm in Watford. Come on. Come back. Come back to our place. So you come back and you're quite confident, you know, I've dug out a leather jacket, feeling good, Mr. Rockstar, you know. To, and um, I'll come in, yeah, no, that, that's all right. You know, you don't have to take your shoes off. That's all right, come in, sit down, and, and all of a sudden, oh, I have something to eat. I said, well, no, I've just eaten, no, no, have a coffee. Um, oh, take your shoes off, make yourself at home. You take your shoes off, and your socks know better than you about how you're doing because your toe is sticking through the front. It's like your socks are going, yeah, want to give it the big one, do you? Just, you know, let's just show people just exactly how well you're doing. If that wasn't poking through when I put my shoe on at the start of the night, and now it is. And what it is, is that's because you have been giving it the large one all night and your socks have put you firmly in your place by, by allowing your toe to poke straight through so they can see exactly how well you're doing. So that's that story. It's not hilariously, hilariously funny. But um, it was a, a silly little anecdote that I'm glad that you enjoyed, Eileen, and I enjoy telling it because I tell it a different way every single time. Um, but uh, I look forward to seeing you again. I'm booked to see you again in, I think it's May of next year, and I'll be coming down. I've got a few more stories to share with you, and um, I look forward to the brilliant cup of tea that you made. I want another one of those, darling. All right, I will see you then. <laughs> Grassroots Music UK, in association with Innovation Studios, presents the ultimate one-day workshop for songwriters. Advice and analysis on songwriting techniques and methods, how songs are created, structured, recorded and produced. Tuition, analysis and guidance on how to make a great sounding album on a bedroom budget, using recording software and digital audio workstation. Learn how effects and plugins work and the most effective way to use them. Mixing and mastering to CD, WAV and MP3. Adding album artwork, tags and songwriter info. Where to have your mastered CD copied in bulk for selling at your shows. How to upload your music to iTunes and digital media. Online radio stations and how to submit your music for airplay. Advice on venues, promotions, showcases and open mic nights in the area. To book a place and be added to the waiting list, please call 01702 836 or email innovationstudiosuk at gmail.com Remy says, without wishing to put you on the spot, Marcus, I just wondered, is music something that you need to be doing before you get married or is it something that you could start doing after you're married? <laughs> oh, God, Remy. Um... Music will take up a lot of your life. It will become a, If you care about it, it will become addictive and it will take up a lot of your time. If you decide to suddenly go on the road or suddenly join a band and suddenly be out every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, and you've got two young children at home, then yeah, you, you're going to get it in the neck, mate, and, and you deserve it. 
Um, but if you, if it's your only job, and if it's if you're out every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're earning decent money, and you're around to do nappies and whatever on uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday do, during the days, then um, you know there you go. But I think if if you're at the level where you're working during the week and then you're out Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, I think anybody's going to have a problem with that. And I think it there are so many different ways of finding um, the right answer for you. Um, so you look at it and say, okay, well, maybe I'll join a band that's only looking to do a few shows uh, a month. See, the, the problem that everybody has is that... Um, Everybody wants different things. So if, if somebody wants to join a band, um, sometimes you get ex-professionals, ex-pros, or, or really solid musicians who only want to gig maybe six times a month at the most. Um, and some of them even less than that, maybe two or three shows a month. But they're solid musicians. So what they're looking for is other solid musicians who only want to gig three or four times a month. Um and they are out there, but sometimes it you know doesn't happen because you sort of think, well, anybody who's as good as that as those guys who have been really good and have done two hundred shows a year at one time, and now they just want to do twenty four, um, will just won't be good enough, and we'll either be too young, and we'll want the ambition of doing more shows, and and these guys don't want to. So, I think. But they, you know, they, eventually they find somebody. So it depends what level you want to get to. If you just want to do it as a hobby, you just want to do it. If you want to throw yourself into it, suddenly write songs, suddenly go on tour, suddenly do showcases, suddenly work at, um, sign up with an agent, suddenly do the holiday parks, Butlins, Pontins, all of that, suddenly want to do cruise work and stuff like that, then, yeah, that's a single man's game, all right? Um, to an, uh, and uh, should be six, this is a single person's game. Okay, because once you have a relationship, unless you work together, it's a very difficult uh, way to get the balance right, Remy. But you have to get the balance right if you're a family man. You know that. You don't need me to tell you, but you've got to do what is right for you. Um, in my case, um, sometimes it's lovely because I'm able to share my my music with my family and with my partner, um, my fiance. I'm able to say. This is a song I'm working on. What do you think? Have a cup of tea and have a listen to it and uh, talk about it. And um, so you're able to share um, your your hobby. But if you're if it's a case of I'm going to get famous, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, then it's a hell of a roller coaster. And what you don't want it to do is you do not want it to cost you your family to because you get obsessed with music. Music can be an obsession, and um, maybe the obsession of getting famous. And that horrible kind of voice at the back of your mind that always tells you this could be the gig where you get famous. So you're gigging all the time, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, but this is an opportunity. You know, music industry use that word, opportunity. There's a growth, there's a golden opportunity here. But it's not an opportunity. Half the time it's a showcase somewhere. You've got to sell the tickets, you've got to run the risks. So if you're naive and you haven't done music before, now if you've done music before, then you get married, then you decide you want to get into it. You know exactly what the industry can offer you. So you're able to find something. But um, I can't answer it for you, Remy, except to say, I hope you get your balance right, mate. And I hope that you can 
do a little bit of music that makes you feel good and the scratches an itch. Um, and if you get mega famous and you're able to take your, your kids and your and your partner on the road, look, that's great. But um, be warned, um, in my opinion, music is a single man's game at uh, that particular level. <laughs> Ever wanted to play guitar? 10 minute tutorials. Now on YouTube, beginner's guitar. Marcus takes you through the early stages, tuning, basic chords, and strum patterns to start you on your journey. Further information, go to www.innovationstudios.com. John says, hi, Marcus, how can I make my quote unquote MIDI drums sound more human? Hello, John. Um, right. There's a, there are a couple of ways of doing that. Um, first of all, you've got to remember that humans are not machines, right? So um, and also you'll be surprised to know machines are not humans. So what you've got to do is make the machine slightly more human by um, changing the velocity sometimes of the snare drum so it's slightly different because and, and the kick drum as well so um on some of the drums that you use i personally there are there are a couple of options that i use power power mt drum kit which is really great and i use that with traction software with my uh, traction um the aw or whatever you want to call it um but I used, in the last couple of albums and the things I've done, I've used hydrogen drums. And what I do is sometimes you can adjust the velocity of the of the drums. So you might have a real crisp snare, bang, bang, but you don't want it to be too samey, too constant. Sometimes it's nice. We're only talking what they call a Nats. Um, I'm going to say a Nats eyelash, but I think you know what I mean when I say a Nats. Um that you just change the velocity ever so slightly and also sometimes change the quantize, which is the timing. Maybe put it literally like a, an absolute millisecond too late or an absolute millisecond too early so that it's got a human... Because you couldn't... You know, nobody's able to play on the beat, on the money, every single time. So what we're aiming to do is to humanise the drummer the drum machine by changing the the time sometimes of just just when it's when an instrument is hit and how hard it's hit so there are two settings velocity and um quantize and if you change the quantize so that every so often a snare is the same level but slightly infinitesimally late um, and sometimes a snare is bang on the money in terms of time but slightly less uh ringy R-I-N-G-Y, in terms of how hard it's hit, then it will kind of humanise your drummer, your drum machine. Um, and also just all, all of the instruments, really. The great thing about hydrogen drum, I can never say it, hydrogen is um, that you actually put the beats on and you can, you can there's a right-click button which just says vary velocity. And then it basically automatically varies the velocity. And also you can just, I think, I'm assuming you can vary the quantize ever so slightly. But if not, just manually do it. 
Because when you're programming a drum machine, don't forget, you're not programming a whole song. You're programming it in beats or bars. So you might have, let's say, you know, seven bar run, um, and the snare is big, uh, big on the first and slightly not so big on the second. And then you just alternate that a little bit. So that makes it more human, makes it a little bit more believable um, and brings it to life, I think. Because the, the biggest battle I remember when I first got my my first setup, and we're going back a bit now. So for, for those of you who are a bit nostalgic out there, have a listen to this. I had um, a Fostex DMT-8, and which my first ever setup, and, it, and, I, and I loved it. Oh, well, before that, I had Tascam Porter Studio, which I think everybody at that time had. But my first eight track, and I remember thinking, wow, eight tracks, I can do what I want. Um, and I got a drum machine, which was a, a Dr. Rhythm, a Boss Dr. Rhythm. And I just could never get the drums to sound human. They always sounded like a drum machine, which is fine for demos. Um but they just always sound like a drum machine. You can never get that nice, crisp sort of sound. And everything is the same velocity all the time. So by just changing something, um, by changing the velocity, you 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 bring it to life. Um, and that's what you do. So um, if you just bear with me, I will give you an example. So here's the drums, just a basic beat with everything set, the velocity right up and in perfect timing. And now what I've done is just changed the velocity of everything, changed the um, quantize. Now I've done it a little bit too much so you can hear the difference, but you, all you need to do is really change it ever so slightly. But what this does is gives it a bit of life and makes it sound like a, more like a human drummer. Have a listen to this. So although it's an extreme case, um, you know, it's 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 um, the a way of doing it, and you can fiddle about with it and find the best way for you. But that's how it's done. You've got to bring it to life, and you don't do that every beat. I mean, I, I did that every bar, every so often, just throwing a bit of an early kick drum, every so often, just throwing a bit of a late snare, every so often, just throwing a slightly harder snare, a slightly softer snare, um, and then it sounds less like a machine and more like a human being but uh, I hope that answers it I took the time there to do that so you should be thankful all right <laughs> thanks for your question ever wanted to play guitar 10 minute tutorials now on YouTube beginners guitar Marcus takes you through the early stages tuning basic chords and strum patterns to start you on your journey. Further information, go to www.innovationstudios.com. At this point, it would be remiss of me not to mention 
the passing of Wilco Johnson. Wilco was a true legend of the music industry. He was one of the most accessible musicians from some of his book signings and some of his um, workshops that you can still see on um, online. He was always happy to share his technique. And in a business where a lot of guitar players don't share their techniques or their uh, tones, I've heard stories of guitar players over the years who who would literally cover up their uh, amp rather than let people see their dials. I mean, there, there are stories of people who would... Um, I can't think what they did, but they wouldn't let anybody see what settings they had it on. Like somebody else was going to take their sound, you know? Playing guitars in the fingers... Wilco was happy all the time to say, this is my sound, this is my technique, go and copy it if you can. Um, and I'll tell you what, I've tried, and I know lots of people who have tried, and we couldn't get near it. But um, I remember being at the Oyster Fleet, and I saw him perform at the Lee Brillo, and it was the 10th anniversary of Lee's passing. Um, and he got up and did um, Sneaking Suspicion. Um, so, so great. I remember thinking, and I knew of him, but... Uh, he was a hero to so many and um, far more famous than I think a lot of people realised. See, Dr. Feelgood had toured with bands like Kiss and some some rock giants in the 70s when they went to the States. And I didn't realise that. I just thought they were a little band from Canvey that played gigs across the UK when I was a kid. And years later, when I did a little bit of research about them as part of one of my other um, you know, my one of my other shows, I found out that they'd been a lot of places and they'd met a lot of people. And then a friend of mine, John Wagstaff, who's a huge fan of Dr. Feelgood, um, basically lent me all of the albums. We're going back to going back 20 years before Spotify and that. He said, here's the CDs, have a listen through. And my favourite will always be, although Wilco wasn't part of it, the last show that Lee ever played, um, which is down at, down at the Doctors, and it was the last two shows that he ever played. But Wilco was part of the original four, and sadly there are only two left now. Um, but, yeah, a, a true guitar hero and somebody who will be sorely missed. I'm glad that I saw you live. I'm glad I got you met you very very briefly as you walked past at the Oyster Fleet in Canvey and and shouted taxi for taxi for Johnson. Um, I got to shake your hand very quickly and you signed something for me which I've I've kept. So, thank you Wilco, um, and thank you Lee actually. Thank you Doctor Feelgood. Um, may you continue to do. Um, may Doctor Feelgood continue to do what they do because they're still great, but. Um, yeah, Wilco, God bless you, mate. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I've enjoyed this today. I haven't, I haven't done one of these for a long, long time, and uh, I, I probably carry on. I think I probably let you have Christmas, um, and then in the new year, I'll probably start doing this again. Whether it's uh, weekly or monthly, I, I don't know. It depends. Again, I'm relying on you to send your questions and stuff like that in. Um, it took me a while to realise that it didn't really matter that uh, I couldn't reach out to thousands and millions and millions and millions of people. As long as I can make a difference to a few that listen in and um, enable you to share this this beautiful uh, 
um, passion of mine. And that's all I can say about that. Have a wonderful Christmas. I'll be back in the new year with a new series, I hope. Until then, don't forget www.innovationstudios.com or innovationstudios.co.uk. They both work. You can send me an email on um, innovationstudiosuk at gmail. Um, or you can find the pages on um, various social media, Instagram. Um, please, you know, join me on that. And there's a grassroots music channel on YouTube if you want to subscribe to that. I can't promise that there'll be loads of content on there, but you can have a look at the 10-minute tutorials and any anything new on there, any new demos or anything I'm doing. Until I see you again, my friends, you take very, very good care, all right? You take care. Yours in music, signing off. Bye-bye for now. <laughs>